So the world's full of hate and abuse, mistrust, and even a lot of insecurity. And often, we really only add to it instead of fix anything about it. And we try to fill our lives with, with more and more, only to find our, our lives and experiences feeling really emptier and emptier. But in all of this, there is a way out. There's, there's something better. There's, there's an answer that allows you to be a part of the solution. It's, the answer is personal and, and it will transform your life. But at the same time, it's, it's universal and it's powerful enough to actually change the world. But before we can talk about our role in being the solution, we really have to identify what the problem is. So let's talk together. For most of us, our reality is, is created and shaped by disposable, empty, insatiable consumption. See, we think that the more we have, the better we have, the newer or the more expensive we have, the happier and, and better we'll be. See, we seek happiness and fulfillment through consuming products and services. There's a word for that, consumerism. And consumerism really saturates every part of our lives. I mean, the most obvious example is our work, right? We, where we spend most of our lives and, and energy and even our thoughts on a way to get more. We say, I produce this for you, and, and you show me my value by what you give me for it. But it also, consumerism also goes into our relationships, where affection and acceptance becomes based on performance, right? In marriage, we say, well, you give me the energy, the affection, and the, and the services I want, and I'll do the same for you. Right? So this idea of, of finding the right one or even the right one for right now will, will give me the happiness I want. And, and this relationship, will, I, I will be able to take from it what I need and what I want. It even goes into the church, right? Where the church starts being seen as, as a vendor of religious products and services and experiences. And we say, you know, church, give me the, the feeling or the answers or the access to God or even the better life I want or, you know... I'll go find another vendor that, that will give me what I want. Consumerism even affects how we view ourselves. We think, is the product I'm offering others good enough? Is, is what I'm giving to the world, is what the world's seeing in me good enough? Questions like, am I wealthy enough? Am I attractive enough? Am I successful or funny or personable enough? And what we're chasing here, it's actually impossibly elusive. We can never actually find lasting satisfaction and happiness just by consuming. In fact, Dr. Nikki Lisa Cole said, consumerism is defined by perpetual dissatisfaction. Because it, it creates empty and, and hollow lives. It creates empty and hollow experiences and relationships where things and people are so easily discarded and, and replaced and upgraded. Things are never good enough. We never, we never have enough. And we're always looking for what will make us happier than what we already have or, or what we already are. Dr. Cole also said, instead of satisfying our needs, consumerism only produces fear. Think about that. Consumerism only produces fear. The fear of, of not fitting in because we don't have the right things. The fear of, of not looking or acting or, or speaking the right way. 
The fear of, of not belonging even to the right social class. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't be seen wearing or driving that, right? It almost seems impossible to escape this fear. I mean, it's, it's so much in our culture. Our entire way of life, our economy, our society is based on consumerism. It's really all we know because it is all we've ever known. But there is another way. It extinguishes the insatiable, unsatisfying consumerism and lets us experience true life. See, escaping consumerism requires a change of allegiance. And that might sound a little weird, but I'm going to explain it. See, the remedy to consumerism is actually counterintuitive. In fact, it is literally countercultural. And Jesus talked about it in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' most famous teachings. It says a lot of things in there, but the section we're going to look at is from the book of Matthew. And in this section, he's teaching people not to worry about having enough. And he's teaching that to people who very often actually did not have enough. And here's what he says. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He says it dominates their thoughts, meaning it's it's the lens they view their world through. It's how they view everything. The main thoughts of every day are, do I have enough? Or, or can I get more? Or is there better? Or, is it time for an upgrade? And the, it really just produces an empty life. It, just, it produces that fear we talked about. See, we experience less when our thoughts are dominated with wanting more. We're never satisfied with the life we have now. So what's the other choice? Right? We, we are raised in a culture of consumerism. It's the backbone of our entire society. What can we do instead of consumerism? How do we do something different than what so many other people just accept and say is just part of life? Here's what Jesus says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. It says seek there. It, it's an ongoing thing. It's, you could say be seeking continually every day the kingdom of God. Seeking the kingdom of God is, is now the filter or the lens through which we can see the world, through which we can make decisions, the, the thing that dominates our thoughts. See, when we're seeking the kingdom of God, our allegiance turns from ourselves, our views, our cravings, our, our comfort, and even our preferences our allegiance changes from those things to God, to God being the king of all of what we are. And seeking the kingdom of God is not like a, a one-time thing where we say a prayer or even sign a card and, and now you're living in the kingdom of God and, and you're good to go. And seeking the kingdom of God is, is not just you know, doing less naughty, sinful things. No, seeking the kingdom of God is a complete reorientation of how we view and interact with the world, ourselves, and others. See, we stop seeing others as, as competition or, or products to use and replace when we're done with them. Instead, we see everyone as image bearers of God. See, people have worth in the kingdom of God, not because of what they can produce and give us, but because they have infinite worth to God. The kingdom of God is completely different than the kingdoms we've ever seen in human history, and even the, the ones we see now where they're always fighting for power and dominance and trying to conquer to impose their will. 
In the kingdoms of, of that we've seen, the, the strong rule the weak. Privilege and power gives authority to rule others. But in the kingdom of God, the first are last, and the last are first. In the kingdom of God, the weaker have the greater honor. In the kingdom of God, the greatest are those who serve the most. Privilege and power is used to serve those who cannot do anything in return. And in the kingdom of God, worrying about having more or having enough or having the best or, or any of that is completely unnecessary. Because in the kingdom of God, we know all our needs are satisfied. And the result of seeking the kingdom of God first, above all else, is living righteously. Living righteously is living a life that brings life, love, and worth to others. It means giving your life for those who can give you nothing in return. It means loving and forgiving and serving your enemies. It means seeking peace whenever possible. And it means standing for and speaking for and protecting and empowering and raising up those who are seen as weak. And we'll talk about that more in coming episodes in this series. But there's something that, that often gets missed when we talk about the kingdom of God. See, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is not just this individual trying really hard to be a really good person. No, a kingdom is made up of people, communities, together. Seeking the kingdom of God and living righteously can't be done alone. You can't love others as yourself if you're alone and not around others, right? The kingdom of God is only realized and lived out within a community. And it's totally countercultural. Because we think if, if we as individuals can produce what others want, we can put a good product out, then we'll either earn or be able to buy something that will finally satisfy us. And we think, well, if anything's going to have worth for our life, we must be able to buy it because that's consumerism. But what we truly need and what we truly crave, we can't buy. And so we don't think it's actually that valuable. But what we really need, what we truly crave, is the unconditional love that can only be found in the kingdom of God. Think about it. What truly brings meaning and comfort and purpose and passion and life? When a, a child simply needs a hug, do we need to buy him something to consume? When a friend needs help, when, when a heart is broken, when a mind is swirling, what do they need? More things? or compassion, our presence, love, acceptance, true hope. Those things can't be purchased. They can't be earned. They can only be found in a community that is living to serve others, a community that is seeking the kingdom of God together. And again, we're going to talk more about that in the coming episodes. But for now, to get us ready to, to choose away from consumerism, and, and choose to seek the kingdom of God, a little bit of homework. This week, read, and even memorize, because it's short, Matthew 6, 33, that we read earlier. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Memorize that. It's something that can, that can come to mind, that can, that can be the filter that you're, you're deciding your decisions through throughout the week. And then, as you read that, ask this question. What would it look like for me to be seeking the kingdom of God? What would it look like for me today to be seeking the kingdom of God? Be specific, but start simple. 
Don't have to like choose to view your entire world through seeking the kingdom of God right away. Do something specific, something simple. And it, it'll help actually you get ready for what we're going to talk about next week. It might be, it might in, entail changing how you view your work. One of my brothers sells insurance. I know, not the most exciting thing to like base your life on, but he doesn't sell insurance because he has to make money. He sells insurance because he's seen how it can help people. He's seen how it, how it gives security to people and, and peace of mind to their loved ones. My other brother is, is a book editor. Again, not the most exciting thing in the world, but he does it not just because he loves books, but because he loves helping others tell their story where God has taken them. See, when you're seeking the kingdom of God above all else, you start viewing your career, your work through a different lens. You start seeing it as, how can I help be a part of the kingdom of God in people's lives? Seeking the kingdom of God might be changing how you view relationships. Like, instead of looking for the right one for you or, or complaining that the one you do have isn't the right one for you, now maybe you can start lovingly becoming the right one for them. Instead of worrying about what they're not doing or are doing for you, you can be concerned about showing them the love of Jesus through you. It could mean changing how you view yourself. Seeing the kingdom of God might mean changing how you view yourself. Seeing that your worth is not what you produce or earn or, or give to the world or even how the world sees you. See, you have infinite worth because the infinite God died and rose again to give you eternal life because he loves you. See, we are offered so much more than, than trying to find happiness through insatiable consumption. What we really need, we can never buy and we can never earn. It can only be found in the kingdom of God, experienced in a community that is seeking to love others as they love themselves together. I mean, imagine throwing off the need for empty consumerism and experiencing the, the depth of beauty and love and peace and belonging and purpose that a full life brings, the full life that we are all longing for, that the full life that we all instinctively know is out there somewhere. Imagine being able to bring this kind of life to those you love. It's closer than you think. It takes a simple but a profound and a purposeful change of allegiances. See, the more we try to consume, the less we have. But the more we seek the kingdom of God, the more we find together. Here's what's happening at Cross Creek. We have two get-togethers in March and two in April. Check your calendar, but they're the second and fourth Sundays of the month. Youth Connect is only on March 6th this month because of spring break. And thanks so much for being for Avamir and donating six bags of much-needed clothing. Mark your calendar for Easter Eve. It's happening Saturday, April 16th. See you soon.